the old thing about the, the old line about Ohio is true. In, in Ohio, we make things and grow things. So just from, you know, what we do in our state and, and our district is a, is a great example of that. I, I always point out, you know, we're, our district is West Central, North Central Ohio, just comes kind of across the center of the state. And um, there are 435 congressional districts in the country, each with approximately 800,000 people in them. We're in like the top 20, I think, top 25 when it comes to manufacturing output, huge manufacturing. Mm, and right. of course, a lot of it so much is right here on the 33 corridor yeah. Honda, but it's, we got all these other great companies as well. Uh, and then we're also top 25, 30 districts in, in agriculture. We're the sort of start of the kind of the serious corn and, 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 and grain belt across the, the greater Midwest. Welcome to the Small Nation Podcast, brought to you by CoverLink Insurance, where people are more important than policies. On this show, we unpack lessons from entrepreneurs, break down development strategies, and do deep dives on small town success. Our goal is to provide value to our listeners by hosting conversations that teach, inform, and inspire. Hey guys, welcome to the Small Nation Podcast. Uh, today, I'm really excited to have the first congressman on the show, Jim <laughs> Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Jim has been my congressman. I grew up in Logan County, uh, served there, and then I moved to Hardin County for a number of years and represented that area. And now I'm in Union County. So yeah. I've like got the trifecta and oh. <laughs> uh, been my congressman. Uh, but uh, Jim grew up in Champaign County, yeah. right, Jim? And yeah. so uh, St. Paris. I didn't Paris. you'd move to Union, huh? That's yeah, yeah, I'm in Union now, yeah. so right right up the road. But uh, uh, Jim is from the big city of St. Paris, mm. right? Uh, graduated <laughs> from Graham High School. So um, when I was in school, one of our sports rivalries was Graham because I went to Indian Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of my best friends in school happened to be a wrestling family. So mm-hmm. the Klofta family, three brothers. We're all good. Very yeah. big. Uh, Jim is one of their mentors. And so, of course, if you know anything about uh, Graham High School, they, they have a program. Um, and, and Jim and his brother and and family have invested big in that. But uh, wrestling's a big part of the, the, the DNA there. Graduated in 82, moved on, and a pretty uh, impressive record of uh, 150 to 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Still remember that one loss. That one. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, sometimes that loss humbles a no, little bit. No, it's very good for you. Yeah. yeah. I still wish I'd have won, but it's very good for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing, he went on to get a degree in economics. And I think uh, almost in our daily conversations related to, to what we do here at Small Nation, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those decisions are driven by economics. So excited to talk more about that. But went to Wisconsin. And uh, the Badgers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Badgers. Uh, and then uh, later on to Ohio State University uh, and then Capital Law School. But um, Jim's a proud uh, husband, father, uh, four kids. Four kids, seven granddaughters. Yep. Seven granddaughters. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So family is a big, important, important part. And what's unique about the political background is you were involved in state politics mm-hmm. and then made the jump to federal. Uh, and uh, one of the people that came up as a as refresh uh, your bio was... Uh, Bob Cup. Mm-hmm. I think you served after Bob. Is that right? I did in the Senate. So, so Bob, uh, one of my favorite classes in school uh, at Ohio Northern is Professor Cup taught the class, and the class was on leadership. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to talk more about leadership because um, I think you've got an interesting perspective from the various roles that you've had. But uh, probably the thing you know today, uh, if you turn on the news, uh, very uh, if you're watching Fox or you're watching CNN. 
there's probably going to be a clip of Jim Jordan in the evening news. And uh, the thing that I've always admired about uh, you is that the humility that you demonstrate in the district and the connection and approachability that you have with issues that maybe come up. Um, no matter uh, of what's playing in the media, and, and you, you have to represent your, your yourself and your, your views and your values there, but um, you're willing to, to be on our podcast today. So that means, means a lot to us. But welcome to the show. Well, good to be with you. Thanks. Um, thanks for the just tremendous difference you're making and the good work you're doing. I know I know mostly about this town because we come to Bell Fountain so much and you're so close to our where we're from and where we grew up. Um, but it's truly impressive. We were just looking at the stats, the number of restaurants in your town, what you're doing to renovate buildings, the historical. I mean, it's just, just amazing what you're doing. So uh, God bless you guys. And it's good to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, the story, the Small Nation story really uh, started that a lot of us on the team, and there's 17 of us now, we grew up in small towns. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was an experience about that. For those people that are not from Ohio, uh, you know, I, I kind of equate it to your friends and your neighbors are are your business owners, they're your coaches, they're you know, your, 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 they're teaching in, in, in your Bible school. And, and that whole concept of community, what was really for me growing up in family business, mm -hmm. it was seeing how um, doing things that was creating economic investment and activity and employment fueled and funded everything else in community. Yep. And what happened in Bell Fountain is not different from a lot of other towns around the country is that there's these economic cycles. So we hit a period um, in the 80s where, you know, Walmart, one of the first Walmarts in all of Ohio opened up right here in Bell Fountain, Ohio. Mm -hmm. So having small business parents like experiencing and seeing how they were trying to compete against a mass merchandiser, that was a really powerful experience as a young man. Sure. So coming out of school, we had a lot of empty buildings around here. We had it high unemployment. Um, we had uh, a tough time finding ways to get young people to come back to small towns. And so the, the whole model about building small town success has been interviewing guests on this podcast that share their perspective, their background, their story of how they're impacting their town, their community, their country. Yep. And so tell me, tell us a little about St. Paris. What was it like for you growing up there? Well, St. Paris, small town of a couple thousand people. I, we lived out in the country, just a few miles south there, but that was sort of the, you know, our address and where I, where I grew up playing little league baseball and peewee baseball, as they say. Um, but it's a nice little town. It's a, you know, they call it pony wagon days. They used to way back when build the pony wagon there. And so it's, it's a quaint little town. Um, but our county is, Shaman County is like Logan County. You know, you got the, the county seat, the main city, Urbana up here. You got Bell Fountain. You got the small, you got the St. Paris, like you have West Liberty and like you have other towns in, in, in Logan County and uh, DeGraff and all these these places. We got Mechanicsburg and St. Paris and Rosewood. And so it's a it's a great little community, good people. Um, and we were just raised in a, in a small town country school, same school my mom and dad went to, same school Polly and I went to. I've known my wife since, since fourth grade. Wow, um, that's awesome! In fact, today is our anniversary of all. Happy things, right? anniversary! Oh, really? Thirty-eight years today. Wow. It's funny. It just was. was I, I said happy anniversary to her today before I left, but um, but yeah, I just thought of that again. Um, so yeah, we just we're we're and wrestling became the thing we wanted to do. Yeah. you know, you you're. I always joke and say when I was in grade school, I had life figured out like most young people do. I knew what I was going to do when I grew up. I knew I was going to play middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh, there you go for, yes. the, for the Pittsburgh <laughs> yeah. Steelers because. You know, I grew up in the 70s when you when you're, you you followed the winners and the winning team was the Steelers. And I loved Terry Bradshaw, Franco Hart. I can name them all, but I, especially the defense, the Steel Curtain. But my favorite guy was Jack Lambert, an Ohio guy who played middle linebacker for the Steelers. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. But um, 
you know, as you can see, the, the good Lord had other designs because yeah. I'm, I'm five, seven and a half on a good day. So <laughs> it became wrestling and, and wrestling has been great for our family. Uh, my brother does very well in the wrestling business. Um, and of course, he's had a just tremendous record coaching our, our high school. And so it's been great for our entire family. Our, our, our boys wrestled for the Badgers. His boys wrestled for the Buckeyes. Had great college careers and we've, we've really enjoyed it. What has wrestling done for you professionally? Well, it's, it's an attitude, and it doesn't have to be wrestling. It can be whatever you're into. You know, my wife was into 4-H, and she was an athlete. It, could be, it can be whatever you're into, and it can be another sport. Um, but for me, it's just about, you know, the, the, the sports are good for kids if they're done right. Mm-hmm. If they're actually teaching them, the, you know, the, the, those concepts, those principles about having a goal, working hard, sacrificing, working with a team, working with your coach, learning from your – all those things. That's why we have sports. You know, I, that's why we have athletics in an, in an educational system in, in yeah. our in our educational environment. It's because it's it's supposed to teach kids those. It's why the military academies have sports at the academies. Sure. They, they know that develops true leaders, um, both on the on the on the athletic field, just like it would in in our in our military. So um, it was good for me, and I I like I, I tell folks. Uh, plus, when you're old like me now, the closest thing you can get to a wrestling match is a is a hearing where that witness is. I don't think been square with the folks I get the privilege of representing. And <laughs> yeah. my job is to ask the tough is, questions. Yeah, is, is to is to get after them. And so, um, yeah, wrestling's been great. It's been really good for our family. And um, like I said, my brother, his his business is uh, is just doing well. He's in the wrestling apparel, the shoe business, and then of course his wrestling camps. And so it's been great. That's awesome. The uh, we have a lot of guests on the show that talk about the importance of grit, and sometimes that skill, you know, is is not discussed much today. And you know, I, I know a part of your background when you went to DC, uh, you kind of didn't fit the mold for a lot of other congressmen. I mean, I, I heard a story once that you, when you first started out, you had a cot in your office. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, and and still do that some. The um, yeah, it's like, I, I like the way you say grit, but, but I, I, I was telling this to someone the other day. One of the things I think we've lost a little bit of in the, in the country is this, this em, we should embrace competition. Mm-hmm. Competing is good. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I competed every day at school, every day on the playground. We played kickball. We played wiffle ball. We had races. We got in fights. You could do that back in those days. It was just like <laughs> there was competition every day on the playground. Yeah. We had a wonderful PE teacher, Mr. Cook, great teacher. And we competed in, in PE class in a good way. He had different sports he would teach us, and you'd have little competitions and games, and he'd have tournaments after school, and he started the track and cross country. It was all – and in the classroom, I, 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 I truly believe this. I don't know if I'd ever learned my multiplication tables – but for the game we played in class where they would do the flashcards and you had to compete called around the world. And you mm-hmm. had to compete against a person setting in this scene. If you won, you moved to the next. And the goal was to go around the, and you got like maybe some prize or something. But it was the competition that got me focused on learning seven times six is 42. You know, that, right. that is how it worked. Yeah. And I think we're losing some of that in our culture. So wrestling is as, is as basic as it gets. Two guys step on the mat. If you can pick him up and throw him down more than he can do it to you, you win. It's just, it doesn't get more fundamental than that. But it's uh, and it's not for everyone. I'm not saying it is, but it was good for, good for me, good for my brother and and all our boys who who did it as well. What you think about you represent in the fourth district? You've got 13 counties, right? So 11 full, uh, yep. 11 full counties, but 13 kind of areas with, within people. that. Great people. And you know, a lot of people when you go to other parts of the country and you say you're from Ohio, um, 
some people get it confused with Iowa. You ever yeah. had that before? Yeah. You're from, oh, you're from Iowa. I've got some friends in Iowa. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. But I think it's the other way around more. They confuse Iowa with Ohio. And, and yeah. I love I love <laughs> Iowa people. Like the Same Iowa here. nice thing is is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think part of that competitiveness, how have you, you know, with your, your terms that you've served, how have you seen Ohio be viewed differently? Um, well, I mean, you know, the, the, I always say um, the old thing about the, the old line about Ohio is true. In, in Ohio, we make things and grow things. So just from, you know, what we do in our state and, and our district is a, is a great example of that. Uh, I, I always point out, you know, we're our district is West Central, North Central Ohio just comes kind of across the center of the state. And um, there are 435 congressional districts in the country, each with approximately 800,000 people in them. We're in like the top 20, I think, top 25 when it comes to manufacturing output. Huge manufacturing. Mm, and right. of course, a lot of it so much is right here on the 33 corridor yeah. Honda, but it's, we got all these other great companies as well. Uh, and then we're also top 25, 30 districts in, in agriculture. We're the sort of start of the kind of the serious corn and, 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 and grain belt across the, the greater Midwest. So it's, it's in it. And yet we're, a, we're a, the seventh largest state. So it's like, we got this huge manufacturing yet. We're also big agriculture, but we got close to what? 12 million people. And we're the seventh largest state in the country. It's this amazing mix. And you have what I always try to point out to people. It's, it, we have this, um, we got big cities, right? We got small towns as you and I grew up yeah. in small mm-hmm. towns. We got, we got, uh, African-Americans, Hispanic Americans. we got Appalachia, which is much different than Cleveland, Sure, yeah. but it is amazing mix. So, and politically, Ohio used to be considered the, 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 the kind of the composite of the country, the bellwether state mm. politically. It was 50-50. Well, that's changed with Trump, with, with President Trump, because it's now like a strong pro-Trump Republican state. But um, it's just a great mix. And it's a, it's, a, it's a smaller sort of, as I said, a composite of what the, the, the entire nation's like. Um, I love the state. It's, it's, like I said, I love the mix. And I love where we, I love Ohio in the summer, where we live and well, I even like the humidity some in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and credit to a lot of the state leadership in the last few years, too. It seems like from an economic development perspective, you know, we've had some guests on from Jobs Ohio. We've had um, other state legislators that have been on the podcast. But, you know, really getting aligned around a marketing campaign again about communicating all those things that you mentioned of what makes Ohio the strength with manufacturing mm-hmm. and, and innovation. Yeah. You know, that's in our DNA. Yeah. You go back, a, you know, 100 years and... Uh, we were the we were the West. We were the new you know the new country of of some really um, you know powerful creators. But today, uh, you know, a, a lot of things that I, I hear on the national you, you turn the news on the the, the Chips Act and, and Intel mm-hmm. and, and the kind of investments that's happening in our state and of course Honda and um, you know there's lots of innovations that are happening with electric vehicles and they're trying to be the forefront of that. But um, what are you most proud of, like of what's kind of happening and maybe some hand that you've had in shaping that? Well, um, I don't know if I've had much in, in shaping anything, but but I do think what you said about the history of this state, if you get a chance, David McCullough passed away a year and a half ago, but the books McCullough wrote about our history, read, um, read the pioneers, which is, um, it talks about these were, these were revolutionary war uh, officers who went to Congress, got, got the charter and to settle Ohio. Everyone to come to Ohio. Cause like you said, it was, it was the West. It was like the happening mm-hmm. place. Yeah. And they get to get to Pittsburgh, take the, take the, the barges and the boats down and they land at Marietta. And that, that became what, 
how they launched Ohio and the settlement of Ohio and frankly, the entire Northwest Territory. So fascinating book. But what, what the, the other book I like best of McCullough's, that's a great book. And I read John Adams, 1776, another couple of great books. But um, his book on the Wright brothers, mm. is fascinating. And the first, one of the, maybe it's the first paragraph. It's the first page, if I remember writing the book on the Wright brothers. He said, someone once asked Wilbur Wright what it takes to be successful. And he said, pick out two good parents and be born in Ohio. Mm. And, it, and it was, <laughs> I and love that. <laughs> and it's a, it's a great message because yeah. it's like Ohio values, just normal, regular Midwestern people. But I, I also think it's a message to America. You know, if you've got a good family and you live in America, sky's the limit. Yeah. Sky's the limit. You set a goal, work hard, good things can happen. And then you follow these brothers. They just decided they were going to do it. They were going to be the first motorized flight, take off, fly, land. Bold. And, and right. their competition in Europe was getting, was getting all kinds of subsidies from the government. They, they, they didn't take a penny. They just did it the old-fashioned American way. A goal, a dream, hard work, and it happens. And it is a fascinating story about these guys. And they were just, and then you think about, so from, from that's in Kitty Hawk, 1903, and then um, it's 44 years later, 1947, Chuck Yeager breaks the sound barrier just across the border, West Virginia guy, West Virginia kid. And then 22 years after that, uh, 1969, another Ohioan steps on the moon. Yeah. So in 66 years, this state, we went from two guys flying 100 feet, some beach in North Carolina, to another Ohioan in our district, Wapakoneta, Ohio, who steps on the moon. It's like, that's Ohio. That, and you, the aviation history in the state is just truly phenomenal. But it's like, I think it's an American spirit, but it happened with, and John Glenn in between orbits. The, I mean, it's like a, a, a fascinating stuff with our state. There is so much vitreness negativity like those are the stories and i think we we need to be good storytellers of reminding yeah. people our roots our history and 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 get inspired about something yeah. H- how do we interject more of that in the national conversation like and, and kind of lead into like thinking about leadership because i think it's an important yeah. topic like when you were growing up the people that you looked up to whether they were athletes mm-hmm. or i want to be the president someday you look and you turn the news on, it's pretty vitriol and negative. Yeah, like, no, too much division. H- yeah. How do you, how do we change that? What do we do? Uh, it starts with the, it starts with the top. The, the, it starts with the, uh, the president. I had a conversation once with uh, Steny Hoyer, who's one of the, he used to be, he's no longer in Democrat leadership, but one of the senior members of the Democrats in, in the House, long time number two to Nancy Pelosi. And we were talking about like, it's, it's too divisive and it, and it is. And, um, and I said to him, I said, well, Stanley, you can make a difference. You, 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 you talk to the president. I don't talk to President Biden. You can talk to President Biden. It starts there. Um, and, but, but you're right. All of us can, can do that. So what I try to do is fight the good fight without, without being mean about it. Mm. Um, uh, former uh, Vice President Mike Pence had a line. He says, I'm a conservative and I'm not mad about it. Mm. And that, sh- that should be our mm. attitude. Um, now, I th- I'm a big President Trump supporter. I want him to be our next president. I thought he was the best president we've ever had, certainly, certainly in my lifetime. Um, and he gets a bad rap because if he, if, he were, if he were sitting here with us right now, you guys would love him because he's so, he's just such, just uh, like if he's, if he's having an event, he's the best host in the world. He's just like, he's nice to, he talks to Polly, he talks to our kids. He's just, he's just super. Um, and of course, the press never covers that because they're out to get him. But but it, it starts with leadership, um, and 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 we just don't have it right now in our in our current situation. And I, I wish it wasn't as divisive. As, well, I try to 
Like I went to the inauguration. I go to every state of the union, uh, regardless of who's in the White House. I think it's important. Yeah. Um, so we can, I guess, that kind of example, I think, I hope it helps a little bit. But um, it really, I think it starts at the top with the president in, in our political yeah. system. Do you, as you think about, and this is something else I think we've lost, is um, you, you mentioned you know, other parties, you mentioned other people. You may not share the same beliefs or values, but you can respect them. Of course. That, 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 that doesn't come, but if you watch TV, and, and, and I, I think that's, again, part of the divide that you're saying I, I, we need to solve. Yeah. We, we're not seeing leaders that are showing those examples through the media. So the, well, uh, the example I was talking about, because he's a friend, and he, we, just, we just got to visit because he's, uh, he's uh, uh, running uh, RFK Jr.'s campaign. We invited, I, I probably invited more Democrats to speak in front of our committee than any Republican chairman. I don't know how long time, but we invited uh, Matt Taibbi, award-winning journalist, Michael Schellenberger, award-winning journalist. We invited them to testify, both them. We invited Tulsi Gabbard to come testify. We invited RFK Jr. to come testify on censorship. And, and, his, and his chairman of his campaign is Dennis Kucinich, who's a friend. Right. Dennis is a, he's a great guy. And he and I are so far apart on policy. But Dennis is, and, I, and I, this is so important, Dennis is an old school liberal who I have the utmost respect for. I don't agree with their positions on policy, but he, he's, there, he's an old school liberal because he believes and embraces the First Amendment. And his idea is we have this amazing thing in, a, in this greatest country ever, this First Amendment, where we can debate. Right. We can settle disputes through debate. Yeah. And then you have a vote. And you know what? You shake hands and get ready for the next thing. That's how it's supposed to be. But today's hardcore left, which unfortunately, unfortunately has control, too much control, and I think ultimate control of the Democrat Party, they're against, the, they're against free speech and the First Amendment. Dennis isn't. And it's why, it's why we're friends. And we, were, we served on the committee together. He was chair when they were in the majority of the subcommittee. I was chair of the subcommittee when we were in the majority. And we could, we could work on things. Right. That's how it's supposed to be. But unfortunately, for some reason, we've lost that. And it's, um, it's really frustrating. And more importantly, it's just not healthy for the nation. And I think that trickles down, even down to the local government. I mean, a lot of our listeners are dealing with you know, city officials versus you know, or public-private partnerships and things like that. And so that's some of the feedback that we get all the time is how do you just not get stuck in some of those you know, um, traps, I guess, yeah. where division causes those things. So... To our listeners, that that's what I'd like you to you know take away from that is that you got to remember they're people; they're allowed to express their opinion, as are you. And you know you have to have a conversation and work together on not getting stuck on this issue. So. No, well, and and well I'm gonna share you know as a citizen learning about DC, uh, it was very intimidating, like starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm curious your perspective when you were working here in the state and you have this brand new job, you walk into these shiny halls that are marble lined, <laughs> but like. I just want to share recently our team took a trip to DC yeah. um, and we had a chance to talk with policymakers, made a number of appointments. And I, I'm always amazed at how approachable uh, people in Congress are like they, they and their staff want to hear from you. Yep. And I think that was a, a big surprise for me. And, and how do you kind of keep tabs on the district? What is a good way for people listening that are maybe frustrated with a particular law or want to get feedback? Yeah. What is the best way that no, they should reach, reach the old fashioned way? Call our office, uh, write a letter, send us an email, whatever. We 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 make an effort to respond to everyone in uh, in our in our district. I always point out it's one of the reasons I come. You know, you come back home and you get out and about. Like today, we started in in Sydney. We're going to be here. Then back in, we were in Urbana, and then up here, and then back in Urbana. Um, is you're a representative and it's hard to represent folks if you don't go talk to them for goodness right. sake. <laughs> right. And, and I try to remember 
in the history of this country, the greatest country ever, only about 12,000 people have had the opportunity to serve in the Congress. Mm. So think about it. Millions and millions and millions of people over 200 plus years in the greatest nation ever, the longest running Republican uh, Republic in history, um, only about 12,000. So it is a privilege. Right. And if you get that privilege, go talk to the folks you get to represent. If they put you in office, if your name's on the ballot and they elect you, go do what you told them you were going to do. So I try to focus on that and then go back and talk to them about it and explain what's going on and answer their questions. And frankly, be willing to stand there when they want to yell at you because that's part of the job <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we try to do that. And, and I, uh, you know, can I ask you about that real quick sure. about people yelling at you? Um, one of the things that Bob Cup, but we talked about him earlier, shared about leadership, and it never really sunk in until I had more life experience. But he said, "Being a leader." So you were a commissioner. Yeah, he said, "To to be to to be a leader is a very lonely world, right?" So you deal with a lot of vitreness. I mean, I guarantee you, when we make this post about the podcast, there will be a lot of yeah, you're, our, you're, our friendly, uh, our flaming arrows you, that will be coming. You guys wanted to do it. You're gonna, you're, but, 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 he, but you're here, taking here's, the here's my risk, thing. Not me. That's fine. I experienced on a smaller level, but it's like, you know, get to know me or let's talk about, I, you know, I, I'd like to understand your issue. I may not agree with you, but yeah. I can respect you. But, yeah. but how do you, how do you handle that heat of those flaming arrows? Well, it's, it's never fun. I mean, yeah. no, one, no one likes for people to, particularly when it's not true, which is most of the time from, from a lot of the, the mainstream uh, and sort of legacy press, it's just, it's just like, it's not, it's not fall. It's just false stuff they're putting out there. Right. Um, so it's not fun, but it's just now part of the deal. And I guess the longer you do it, the more you sort of get used to it. Mm-hmm. And you try to just, you try to take some consolation in the fact that, okay, maybe they're coming after me because we're actually making a difference and we're fighting for the things that the folks back home want me to fight for. Um, but you just, you just keep moving on and you know, they're, they're, they're going to say the things they're going to say, they're going to attack you. Um, and you try to remember that the country is more important, that the folks you represent, the, the, the families, the business owners, the communities that you get the privilege of serving, like you're there to serve them. So now it's nice when you come back home because a lot of people appreciate what you're trying to do. <laughs> right, they're, yeah, they're, they're right. friendly, but in DC you're like, you just get looks and you get people saying things and we have, we've had to do all kinds of things with security and it's just like, but it is what it is. How is DC the same and, and different from growing up like in, or like from Champaign, Champaign County? Um, well, I would just say, even say maybe answer it this way. It's in, I've been there now 17 years and, and it's, it's, it's much more divisive. We talked about this earlier yeah. now than it was 17 years ago. And that's not a necessarily a, a, a good thing. Um, and it's just like, it's just that, that town, you know, I'm a Republican and conservative Republican. That town is so left. I mean, I think it was like 91% voted for the Democrat, for Biden and over, over President Trump in District of Columbia. So it's just a, it's a whole different animal. You know, think about Logan County and Champaign County. We're just, it's a flip. Yeah, it's yeah. almost a flip. Mm-hmm. We're 70% for, for Trump here. Um, so yeah, there's, there's that. Um, and it's just a big city. I, I, I tell you, this was probably two years ago. I shared this story because it, it just stuck with me. Um, it's it's a week before Christmas, so no, it's three years ago, two and a half years ago. It was a week before Christmas, twenty twenty, um, and I had to go to this this office to um, former Senator Dement wanted to talk to me about something, so I, I went there, and it's right on Independence Avenue. So I go there, and um, I had to sign something, or you know, I think he wanted to sign a picture or something, and we had talked about something. So I, then I step out of his office, and it's, again, right on Independence Avenue, and it's um, the Capitol is 
just you can see the Capitol. It's a wonderful sunny day. It's a week before Christmas. The sun's hitting the dome of the Capitol, and it's like it's just a beautiful day. And uh, coming down the sidewalk is this 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 gentleman pushing a double stroller with two little kids in it, and I'm like, this is as apple pie as it gets, right? Mm-hmm. This is like. The nation's capital, week before Christmas, the sun on the dome, beautiful days, yeah. cl- clouds in the sky, and a, two little kids in a stroll. So I did what you guys would do, what anyone in, in Logan County would do. I just kind of, I didn't say, even say anything. I just smiled at the guy like, it's a, <laughs> God, God bless America. And and he like knew, recognized me like that's that Jordan crazy kid. He gave me this <laughs> scowl like, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I don't care if you're liberal or what. Like, right. I just like. You know, Merry Christmas. That, that, that was yeah. my Merry Christmas smile, right? Yeah, you know, right. like what the heck? Right. And it's like, I don't know. So that's the difference. That yeah. would not happen in Bell Fountain. No. It wouldn't happen in Urbana. It just, yeah. just different. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. What was it like on your journey making that transition from from making state policy to going on the national stage? Um probably the biggest change for me was um the the committee assignments I got in DC, the, the it's much more oversight focused than than maybe legislative mm. um, uh, lawmaking focus. Now we're still in the business of, and we we passed uh, the, the the what I would consider the strongest immigration enforcement border security legislation through the House. Hasn't made it through the Senate. Probably won't um, with the Democrats, you know, in control of the Senate. But so we're still we're still involved in that. But so much there's just so much focus on. Um, your constitutional duty to do oversight of the executive agencies. And when you get on the oversight committee and on the judiciary committee, you're just in the middle of all that. And mm. about 12 years ago, I was working then under chairman ISA and we had this, the first big issue was when we learned the internal revenue service was targeting conservative groups who were applying for tax exempt status. And it just seems like I've been in the middle of every big investigation since then. It was that, then it was You've had the, a few, right? Yeah, yeah. then it was, the, ben, then it was <laughs> yeah. the Benghazi. I was on the select committee on Benghazi. Then it was, um, you know, the whole Mueller stuff, and we were we were looking at all that from the other side. And then the, the Democrats went to impeach President Trump. We were on the team defending President Trump. It just like, and it just, it just never stopped. So yeah. it, that's the difference, because there really wasn't as much, near as much oversight function of state departments uh, on the state level yeah. when you're in the legislature as there is when you're in the Congress over the federal agencies. And so that's, that's the biggest change. Sure. So I just have to ask, cause it's, it's always like in the news, are we going to, we're, we're a state with, uh, we talked about the Wright brothers. Are we going to find out about aliens soon? Like, are funny? you on that committee? Uh, <laughs> are you, it's wild. I, I, I'm actually, yeah. but I wasn't on that subcommittee yeah. that did the, uh, that had that hearing. And so I said to uh, Burchett, Tim Burchett, who was one of the key players on who's all. I've all, actually watched a lot of his YouTube clips. He, he is, I, I would like to meet him. He's someday. a he, funny guy. He he's seems, a Knoxville guy. He's so funny. Yeah. Uh, and he's a good guy. We, yeah. uh, in fact, when he first ran, we went, uh, uh, my buddy and I went down and we did a fundraiser for him down there and at, we're guests at his event, but good guy. But I was kidding him in the hallway afterwards. I said, uh, you know, it was like the next day or something. I said, Hey Tim, I said, your next hearing, can you bring in, can you bring in Bigfoot? Yes. And I was just like messing yes. with him. I said, you know, or, yeah. or, I said, bring in, I don't know if, he, did, if he laughed or not. <laughs> he, got, he got this smile on his face. Yeah. I said, can you bring in Sasquatch? And I, and I want the Sasquatch guy who does the beef jerky. I want that one. Yeah. And so we're just, well, I'll just say for Urbana and downtown Bell Fountain, we'd love to have a festival around this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from a marketing you know perspective, a small town somewhere I just, is doing uh, yeah, yeah, probably true. Yeah. Probably yeah. True. All right. At this time, we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. 
Brew Fountains voted Best Beer Bar in Ohio. Come visit their award-winning team in downtown Bell Fountain for fresh, local craft beer, soups, salads, sandwiches, wine on tap, and handcrafted cocktails. And they're always available to cater your next event with their box lunches and platters. Cheers to Small Nation. Big City Dining in a Small Town. Now that's the syndicate. Join them for fresh steaks, pasta, or seafood for dinner, or stop in for Sunday brunch to experience one of their signature dishes such as chicken and waffles and maybe even pair it with a mimosa flight. Located at 213 South Main Street in downtown Bell Fountain. Okay, I have a, this is kind of a new thing we're doing. It's just kind of a quick show segment. We're just going to lighten it up a little bit and ask you okay. just some some fun questions about oh, some of your preferences. Oh, this, this is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about, just, yeah, just some, some little thing. So I want to introduce, this is just a rapid fire kind of question okay. thing, but... Here we go, round one. (laughs) First question, what's your favorite candy? Ooh, favorite Uh, candy. Butterfinger. Ooh, good choice. All right. Favorite genre? Well, Maurice is good, though. Any Maurice. Maurice. Oh, Wesley Maurice. That's (laughs) right. Good answer, good answer. That's really good. (laughs) Uh, Favorite genre of music? Uh, I was, I'm old school. My dad, only he only country, uh, you know, back then it was, the old joke was two kinds of music, country and Western, right? You know, Conway Twitty, (laughs) like, do you have a certain artist that you like, like? Uh, it would have been, uh, it would have been like, he had us listen to, uh, Charlie Pride. Ah, amazing. Yeah, Great okay. baseball player. He was a good baseball player and then yeah. he became this amazing talent country music when I was, when I was a kid. But then I liked the, the, the more, more kind of modern country. Like cool. that. Going fishing, you, you and me going fishing and who had it? Garth Brooks. Yeah, Garth Brooks. Brooks. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, he, Garth didn't do that That's one. That's how you know he's from Ohio. But, <laughs> but Garth is like the best. We've only seen a few concerts ever and one was Garth. It's amazing. Great. Are you left or right-handed? Right-handed. right-handed. But my wife's left-handed, and then, but all our kids are right, yeah. All right. Uh, favorite college football team? <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say, <laughs> this is the winner. <laughs> yeah, now, I mean, everyone loves a Buckeye, but I'm a Badgers, because you always stick with yeah. you know, where you yeah. score. I love the Badgers. But, you but got to get here's, the two, here's, two best in the country. But just quickly on that, the new coach for the Badgers is a, is a Buckeye, Luke Fickle. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Some yeah. trivia on Fickle. The best, absolutely the best high school heavyweight I've ever seen. Came out of Columbus Sales, top heavyweight recruit in the country. Mm. We, you know, we wanted him to wrestle one because we were coaching then at Ohio State, but he's all all football. All football. Yeah. Amazing coach. <laughs> great, guy. Awesome. great guy, by the way, too. What about your favorite NFL team? Uh, it's now the Bengals because you got to love Joe Burrows. But I, like I told you earlier, mm. I love the Steelers with Jack Lambert, Joe Green, LC Green. I can name all the players. I yeah. love all those guys. But uh, Bengals fan. Now. Bengals now. Yeah. All right. What's your ideal vacation? Actually, ideal vacation is staying home in the summer, but mm. having a time where the kids come back. We love where we live. We got a house built in 1837. We got eight acres. I like to chainsaw. It off. We yeah. sneak out to the golf course, then do the grill and yeah. have the kids around. That's like, yeah, so that's that. what I love. But um, anything where we're doing something with the, with uh, one of our kids and their grand, you know, our grandkids or something like that, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Favorite restaurant in Ohio? Uh, I actually, we're going there tonight. I, I love this little restaurant in downtown Urbana. It's like what you got here in Bell Fountain. Uh, Chetty uh, uh, is is Fusion. Fusion, sure. And, and, All right. Uh, I'll, pro- I'll probably get the ribeye tonight if we're uh, if we get a chance to. Hard work, I think it's hard working. We're actually family. having dinner tonight with your your state senator, okay. who is a, a, we talk about leadership and Senator Cop. Uh, I was calling Senator Cop. He's had a number of different offices in our in our government. Speaker Cop too. Yeah. Um, but we're having dinner with Matt and, and Cheryl. I think we're going to go there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's good uh, people. Cool. Yeah. What about Washington D.C.? Your favorite restaurant? Mm, what is my favorite? Oh, it's the one. Uh, oh, I can't even think of the name of it. But it has um, has the butter cake, the best dessert. Heard of this uh, place? Yeah, it's it's um, in D.C. Butter cake. 
Oh, I love going there. But we don't go that often. <laughs> yeah, uh, people good. in the comments will be like, "We know that place." Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the butter, if you know it in the comments, next to my yeah, mom's homemade ice cream butter cake is maybe the greatest <laughs> dessert ever. Yeah. Gotcha, awesome. And the last one here: Are you a Coke or a Pepsi guy? Coke, Coke. Yeah, <laughs> He's a my kind of guy. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Right answer. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank yeah. you. That's just a little fun well, segment. As we wrap up here, and you you just mentioned like the divisiveness and things that you're working on. What uh, what message would you have for heading in this next election cycle for, for our next president? What are the kind of things that you think that person should be working on? Well, I'm, again, I told you I'm, I'm a hundred percent for president Trump. Um, but you, you, you got to put back in place the policies he had, like, you know, he, he cut, he said he was going to cut taxes. He did. He said he would reduce regulations. He did. And we had this phenomenal economic growth and you guys were, you know, part of that right here in, in, in this part of our, our state. Um, he said he would he would secure the border, and he did. He said he'd put conservatives on the court. He did. He said he put the embassy in Jerusalem. He did. He said he'd get out of the Iran agreement. He did. I mean, just tons of things he did. So just go campaign. We're going to have a, you know, it seems like now we're in this perpetual election uh, in, in America, which is, I, I don't know if that's a good thing, but mm-hmm. we're always seem like we're mm-hmm. in, in election mode. Um, we're going to have this huge election. I think he's going to be our next president, and I think he's going to do just what he did before. Here's what I campaigned on. I'm going to go do that. And that's what the voters expect. And it, we had phenomenal, phenomenal success. Um, and obviously, you're, you probably saw the stat. I saw it earlier this week. The average family now is paying 700 and I think $704 more a month because of what inflation's done. And, and, and there's no way wage growth has kept up with that. It's mm-hmm. not. And you guys know that. You guys are business yeah. guys. We're, we're uh, feeling it. Yeah, of course yeah. you are. Of course yeah. you are. So that is... That is huge because that is real money that, I mean, that's real money for anybody, but it's certainly real money for middle-class families. So that's, um, just get in there and do what you said. And uh, I just hope it's, like I said, a republic. Yeah. Well, appreciate, Jim, your time today. Yeah, it's just you, been guys. great connecting and uh, just hearing more about your story and your background. And um, thanks for, Ken, representing our district and, and our community. And it's a great district. We hope to have you back on the show. Yeah, we'll, do the we'll do it. Thank great you, guys. Cool. Take Thank care. You. Thanks for tuning in on this episode of the Small Nation Podcast. We hope that conversation proved valuable to you. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to share the episode and follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. You can also subscribe to the Small Nation YouTube channel if you prefer to watch your episodes. Follow Small Nation on social media, and we'll see you in the next episode.